With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rock and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Hi, this is John Cena Sr., and you're listening to Twat Magic on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Bitch, pound it and drown the kids with the wrist slit. Listen to the sound of piss, the piss listener. I'm quick to stick fists in us. I build bricks and sticks to kill Nicola. Still ripping your knickers, the real blister. We're giving your meal tickets to visit the still dick in ya. And I'm a dickhead certified. Dirty dice turning life into pimp sex world at night. Your pussy looking like a bacon and cheese wrap. I'm making a bean clap, naked to please that. Terminator penetrate until your knee snaps. Feed that a meat stack of beef, kill the peen back. Is that too much? Return of the twat, 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 return of the twat. And welcome, everybody. Do we think I'll talk magic? Talk magic. Yeah. Oh, we're back again. Tis I, Troy. Tis you, Lisa. What's up? How are we doing? Happy Thursday, Troy. I, uh, I gotta you, get used to that. That Thursday. We were doing it on Wednesday before. I know. You uh you you seem not eager to be here today. <laughs> I don't know, Troy. I, I don't know why. I'm like all confused and we I don't know. Yeah. Just, well I, I do want to be here. I do. Okay. Fair. You know, I've I've worked, I've been to a baseball game, you know. Yeah. And here well, we are. Yeah. Well, the uh, um, the good thing, I guess, is that um, we are taking a week off next week. Um, I uh, have a vacation that I am doing, so I you mean, will. Instead of two episodes, I'll be watching four episodes. I I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll draw it out a little bit more and only follow only the crowd cuts. Yeah, because apparently what we didn't know. Was that last week? It wasn't an hour-long show. It was apparently two half-hour-long episodes that they crammed into one and just took out the middleman in between. That wasn't fair. No, not really. So, of course, like uh, both of us go into our respective apps or or your DVR, and we're like, no, it was the app actually. Yeah. I didn't watch it last night when it was on. Because I chose sleep and mm. went into the app today, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, so instead of it, like, the first episode being, like, a mega episode for their first show, it was instead technically two episodes, and then they released two more episodes this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that is the release schedule going forward, or or what, but the season's going to be really fucking short if they're doing two episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, so we'll have to see what happens next week, uh, for sure. But yeah, I, uh, there will not be a taught magic next week, but the following week we will, we'll have one. We might, 
we'll discuss what has to happen if if I if I pop on there and see there's four fucking episodes to try to get through. We we might we might break it up a little bit, but we'll get to that. So we start off with our dancing with the people that are vaguely recognizable recap. Uh, and it's a recap in just as much as I look at Wikipedia and tell you where people finished and who got eliminated because I'm never watching that fucking show. Oh, you know you watched it. No, I didn't. Uh, so Fardom finished with the fourth best score. And The Miz finished with the sixth best score. So Artem has yet again beat The Miz for two weeks in a row. Uh, and that bitch from Bling Empire got eliminated. And her partner's name is Pasha Pashevich, which is like, I guess, like a, a an American person being named Smith Smithson <laughs> or Jeff Jefferson. I just, I just thought that was hilarious that his name was Pasha Pashevich or Pasevich oh. or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, so that person that nobody knew got fucking eliminated. So, bye. See ya. Yep. So, it is time for another episode of Roads to the Top. Here we go! It is episode three, Off the Rails. Double or Nothing is arriving soon. Did you watch Double or Nothing? Um, <laughs> maybe. Not. I don't know. It was it was probably on. I was probably around. Fair. It was on. Fair. So Double or Nothing is AEW's big, uh, like their their main show at this point. Um, is it, it like their WrestleMania? Like their WrestleMania? Esen- essentially, yeah, I would say so. Um, they're they're currently doing I think only four to six pay per views a year, whereas WWE does like thirteen. Um, but they do a bunch of like special episodes of Dynamite and Rampage that they like try to get people to watch because they're like, oh, this one is a special one. This is is winter is jizzing on your face and like yeah, but it's just a normal episode. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so Double or Nothing is their pay per view. It is their their big one. Brandy wants to fly to Jacksonville, but Cody decides to have them go on the Nightmare Express, which is a tour bus. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. a stupid, stupid name. Yeah, well, so it is a playoff of uh, back in the 90s, WCW had Lex Luger's uh, bus was the Lex Express. So it is a takeoff of that uh, because everything in AEW is copied from something else it doesn't make it less stupid oh no it doesn't (laughs) it is for (laughs) sure dumb uh so they are in atlanta georgia right thank you for clarifying uh and they're going to jacksonville i want to see how long he made his pregnant wife sit in a bus so by bus that is a five-hour drive one way. That's ridiculous. You get an introduction to one QT Marshall. This is... uh, I I assume by the end of this you're going to hate him. He is Cody's bro. 
And, uh, of course, QT is going to be coming with them. Um, because Brandy says QT is always with them. Brandy's main caveat is that she wants a bed to herself on the bus that nobody will bother her on. And it's the only way she will agree to come along on this five-hour one-way trip from Atlanta to Jacksonville for an event she doesn't have to be at. Yeah. Cody talks about the Nightmare Factory, which is his wrestling school, also a terrible name. Uh, he intros his guest coaches, which are Ricky Starks, Aaron Solo, and Preston Vance. I know none of these people. So you met Ricky Starks last week, and you met Preston Vance last week. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean I remembered who they were. <laughs> oh, I, I, I assumed as much. Um, <laughs> Ricky Starks is the guy who got dropped in his head and broke his neck. That, uh, yes, that him I remember. Preston Vance has the number 10 in his name. And Aaron Solo, who is the first time you've seen him, used to clap Bailey's cheeks, uh, but they've since broken up. Oh. Uh, yes. So, Ricky Starks is somebody who's been wrestling for quite a while, uh, so it makes sense that he would do some guest hosting. Preston Vance, in this episode, literally says that he was one of the first signees to the rest of the, to the Nightmare Factory, which has only been in existence for two years. Hmm. Why is he guest hosting <laughs> or guest coaching? Like, you don't you don't have rookies train rookies. It's just not the way you do things. QT says that wrestling is like sex, and he says winning is like coming, and if you lose. It's like you were about to come, but apparently you couldn't. That's such a wise quote, Troy. I know. Wrestling such is a genius. Yep, he he definitely is the genius of the Nightmare Factory. Uh, the woman with the arm tattoo that's seen briefly is Rekka Tahaka, uh, who is one of my favorite newcomers, mostly because of her the fact that her name is Rekka Tahaka, and that it's just fun to say. Um, <laughs> Cody brings up Ricky having a broken neck and still being here, but he's not in a neck brace or anything, so it must not be that bad. Right? I mean, is it the cool thing to have a broken neck? I guess. You know, yeah. Kurt Angle, this guy, Nikki half, Bella. Half the people in AEW, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Danny Bryan. Yeah, soon. Very soon. Huh. Cody goes and visits your favorite person, Teal. And they talk about how her kitchen island is so huge that they could sanitize it with vodka and have the baby right there. That's such a beautiful thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just throw it right into the sink that's built in there. You can cut the umbilical cord with a, a butter knife from the drawer below. <laughs> there you go. She's got problems. Yeah, speaking of problems, Cody asks her, how do you raise a female? Yeah, I do not know this, so this would be all you, bro. Well, so the first thing you do is not refer to your child as raising a female. Because <laughs> that's weird. It's like it's like he's a robot trying to learn how to speak uh, like a human. 
How do like, you raise human female? <laughs> you can like relate to this whole situation, like having a daughter for the first time and you can deal with this situation. I, I have no experience. Jason has no experience. Sure. So you uh, probably can know what he's feeling at this point. You know, obviously I have, I have two females. Uh, <laughs> and, um, I, I don't have I don't have much to compare it to in terms of raising boys. Obviously, um, I know a lot of people out there have uh, you know a, a mix of boys and girls. I don't, but I can tell you, you know, um, just from observing, you know, what my wife has to go through and some things sometimes like that. That yeah, like um, my girls are closer to me um than to her it's not it's not that they don't love her that they that they're not close to her but they you know they are daddy's girls um so there there is that and then obviously there's the um i don't think that when you have a boy you have that sort of inherent hesitation with them hanging out with people uh with with me with the girls i have a lot of hesitation where anytime they're hanging out with boys or anytime that they're not in my eyesight of like, you know, they're going to get snatched up and sold on the black market or things like that, you know? So I think that there is that there's a, there's a greater fear in terms of what can happen with them. Um, but obviously there's a, that's not to say that there's not a fear, obviously that something will happen to your, to your son or anything like that there's always that there, you know, I'm just saying that I think it's more of a, of a, in the, the forefront of your mind than in the back of your mind kind of thing. Oh, no, I feel that about my son yeah. all the time. But yeah. anybody, anything happens to my son, I'll cut a bitch. Right, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, but for, like I said, for, for me personally, it's it's I, I am leery of any any male that is around them. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if they're fucking four or, or 80, you know. I just, there's that inherent kind of, yeah skepticism so but uh uh teal threatens anyone who steps up to her kids <laughs> which is great um cody uh and dustin both have a little talking segment where they, they discuss the fact that dusty wasn't there much for their childhood and cody says he wants to have a connection but of course, last week he said he wasn't going to be around for the first four to six years of his daughter's life because he'll be wrestling. So, right. <laughs> and he's not going to do like a paternity leave. He's going to take like the day of the birth off and then get out of there. Yep. Very Apparently, much so. that's Brandy's plan too. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. We get a knock on the door, and QT, Ricky, and Press Ten arrive to put together baby things. So we kind of cut back and forth between QT and Preston trying to put together things poorly and Ricky being incredibly proud of himself for successfully putting together a rotating chair, which by all, all accounts, yeah, be proud of yourself for that because those things are hard to put together. But he's like, look, look, look at this. Look what I did. <laughs> so he seemed to be the only one who knew what the fuck he was doing. The other two, I don't know if they were playing it up to fuck with Cody, but they were useless. And then it takes all fucking four of them to figure out how to put in a fucking car seat, which is not that difficult. Like, 
yes, I've been doing it for so long that I have it down to where like I could fucking change out a car seat in like four minutes. But at least like the initial time, I was like, this this isn't difficult. It's just it's a pain in the ass because you're fucking bending over and try to twist through your car and get it in there and stuff like that. But yeah, they are they are useless. The Nightmare Express pulls up to get Cody, and Cody has to run and go grab a body pillow for Brandy. Uh, he asks uh, QT to time him, and as he's running away, QT goes one. So I'm not going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cody comes back and he realizes that he forgot to put a bed in the bus. Man. You had literally one job to do. <laughs> Dude. I don't I don't like the fact how quickly she moved on from it and and gave up. Right? It was like, she's like, they have like a little conversation in the back. It's like, oh, sorry, babe. I'm so sorry. Like, I, I, I fucked up. I, I messed up. And she's just like, whatever. It's like, just, no, no, not whatever. Like, make yeah. them stop somewhere and He's pick like, up a fucking bed. Oh, I know how to make her not mad. Let me give her some food and make a joke. That was about it, which was weird. Tickle, tickle, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she was totally, like, I mean, she still looked pissed off, but apparently she wasn't. Yeah. Telling I, jokes about vaginas. Yeah, which, uh, well, I'll, I'll have in a little bit here. Uh, QT and Cody discuss potential pay-per-view numbers. QT says that they for sure are going to beat the record and get 135,000 people buying please, the, the pay-per-view please what? tell me you looked up how many watched it they got one hundred and fifteen thousand. so they were twenty thousand people under where they were hoping to be yeah those numbers have since gone down <laughs> <laughs> now that this is pay-per-view buys this is people forking out sixty dollars um to watch a thing so they so they, they, that's still a lot of money that came their way but everything to do with that scale thing. Yes, it did for sure. <laughs> that messed everything up. Yes, which <laughs> is hilarious. Uh, Brandy arrives and Cody acts like he's drunk and says, "You know, you're the best chief brand officer." Like, it, was he drunk? Like he, it was so it was so weird and random. But she ignores him and she tells us a joke. She says, how does a deaf gynecologist work with the patient? He knows how to read lips. Yeah, that was so stupid. <sighs> More I than... bet you my son's laughing his ass off right now. Or he will be when he hears it. Yeah, more than that, it just... she, Her delivery was just... I mean, she talks like a robot anyways, but her delivery yeah. was terrible on this. And yeah. it was just like... It was like, did somebody write this for her? <laughs> That's not very good. No. Cody arrives for a meet and greet with fans, and we cut to Eric Bischoff arriving to talk with Cody and Brandy. I do know you, him. You know Eric Bischoff. I was going to ask do. you. <laughs> I do. Yep. Okay. Sure do. Sure do. So Cody says there's no wrestling without Eric Bischoff. 
No, there, there's no wrestling without him. Yes. I bet you there would be. Yeah, except for the fact that Vince was there before Eric. <laughs> by, like, a good, solid 20 years. And, yeah. Which which one of them is still running a wrestling company? Yeah. So, Pretty yeah. Mm-hmm. Uncle Vince. Yeah, we kick quick cut through a bunch of different backstage shots, and Cody is producing his weigh-in. Now, if you are wondering why they would do a weigh-in for something that doesn't have weight classes or weight limits, you're not alone. Nobody understood what this this fucking segment was about. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I didn't really get it. Yeah, we we discussed it on the show back when it happened. Is it because the guy was a boxer? Is that why? Yeah, I feel like they were trying to do that. But again, like I said, like, it doesn't make any sense that they would do a weigh-in because, like, they're not in a weight class. And, yeah, it just, it, it, as you can tell, it fucking bombed and nobody knew what the fuck was going on. And it went on for way too long. I bet you Cody was sitting there and he's like, I have a really good idea. <laughs> you know he was. you Because he... The fact that he's clearly producing it, it's like, you know that he wrote this shit, and he was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. We're going to have a weigh-in. Scale, and yeah. we'll put it in the ring, and then yeah. we'll step on it, and then and then we'll get weighed, and we'll, somebody will knock it over. Yeah. So we run through a few more quick shots, and Paul White announces the American Dream, Cody Rhodes. You know Paul White? Former, um, former Big Show? I don't know Paul White, but I do know the big show. Fair enough. He is. One and the same. One and the same, yeah. Uh, The former big show then has a shit ton of issues trying to get the scale to work. Cody. a professional in the open there. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) This is the sad thing is that motherfucker's been in wrestling for the better part of two decades. And at no point in time did he ever think, fuck it, I'll just say his weight. Because nobody was making sure. Like, they didn't have a camera that zoomed in on the weight or anything like that. And, like, his big ass was blocking everything anyways. So, and, and Cody even says, like, I was whispering, 218, 218 yeah. to, to yeah. him. And, like, clearly he just wasn't listening to him. <laughs> Does he strike you as a very intelligent human being? No. No, he doesn't. Teal wishes she would have stayed in the back drinking, which I can relate. Right? Amen to that. Yeah. And then, in the best bit of comedic timing ever, once Cody is announced at 218, the local single-A affiliate Jacksonville Shrimp win their baseball game and launch off fireworks. (laughs) Oh, and then Everybody gets so mad. Yeah. Amazing. Everyone is pissed at this point because they're just like, (laughs) what the fuck? Well, then here's the thing is Cody is that big of a narcissist that you feel like he could have launched off fireworks after announcing his weight because he's that big of an asshole. Um, But yeah, the fact that like now they're like, oh, great. Now there's fucking fireworks going off in the background because they're they're obviously they're in an open air arena, you know, because Uh of because of COVID. So, yeah, they could hear everything. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Um, we end the episode with the cameras cutting away and completely missing the spot of them kicking over the scale. 
Uh, oh, you gotta love it. Oh, I just love it. I love it. It was so good. So that was the end of episode three. Uh, any Anything that you have to say about episode three? I mean, if they didn't tell me they fucked up and the scale was supposed to be knocked over, I would have thought they would have executed that perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. They should have just not said anything. I mean, nobody would have even known. Yeah, that is that is true. Like, now everyone knows. You know a bunch of people were going back and watching it and be like, how fucked up was that segment? Because... This looked pretty like they're talking about how terrible it was, and like, and trust me, it was a terrible segment. And now, yeah, now they go, oh yeah, I hear the fireworks now. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. And now they're like, hmm. now they're <laughs> calling more attention to it. Now they're gonna pay attention to people fucking up now. Yep. Oh man. I guess that'll take us to episode four. This one is called Double or Nothing. Wow, episode four already. It's going yeah. by so fast. It's crazy. We start this one off with Cody being pissy about the segment going bad. <laughs> you know, he should probably take responsibility for it because you wrote a shitty segment. Although he did. He owned it. A bit. Gotta give him respect for that. But then he was like, fucking Aaron Solo not kicking over the scale at the right. What the fuck? That fucking Solo. What a douchebag. Like, <laughs> yeah. But as we saw... His his only direction before this was Aaron Solo's just going crazy. Mm-hmm. That was it. He didn't say. And by the way, don't forget to. Keep. He made sure. He he made sure to have them announce on the radio to Big Show's ear. Don't forget to call me the American Dream. But he yes. couldn't. He couldn't remind Aaron Solo kick over that fucking scale. He remembered to take off his pants. <laughs> to be in his underwear to step on the scale. That's true. Cody talks again with Eric Bischoff. He says that Eric was president of WCW and made it the top company in the world. He shockingly doesn't mention that Eric also ran said company into the dirt and helped to run it out of business to it eventually getting sold to WWE, but I guess that there was enough time to slip that one in there. Yeah, they had to keep the episode going. Yeah. Cody complains <laughs> about having too much going on. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> I just, there are certain things like for, for you and me or, or our listeners, if if they say they've got too much going on, there's a reason for it because they have to have that stuff going on, you know, like, or they have to deal with it. When people like this who are rich as fuck complain about, Oh, I've got, I've got this show going on and I've got this going on. It's like, you did that. You agreed to that. Like, Cody could have just sat back and just been a wrestler on this show and been fine. But he's like, nope, now we're going to do this reality show and we're also doing this fucking game show on TNT. It's like, yeah, you agreed to that, douchebag. Like, you, you don't need the money. You're rich. But you're just doing it just to fucking do it. Yep. Bischoff thinks about Dusty and gets choked up, and they have a little man-to-man hug, touching tips a bit, a little docking going on. Brandy arrives for her go-away party. 
and she makes a joke about Cody busting a nut in her. So appropriate. Yes. Brandy then fat shames Vicky Guerrero for having a giant piece of cake. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ugh. Someone has... Na- yeah. So a, a dude walks by with a blurred face. Again, it's like, okay. <laughs> I, but he's Did got, you figure out who it was? I, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't figure out who it was. Uh, but he's got negative one on his shoulders. If you don't know, without his mask, if you don't know who negative one is, he is the son of Brody Lee, uh, who uh, has a contract with AEW and is allowed to appear on the shows. And he is a member of his father's old stable. Uh, and he is labeled as negative one uh, or Brody Jr. Because his dad's real name isn't Brody Lee, but his real name is Brody. So. Megan, the chief legal officer, and two other legal reps visit with Brandy. And Megan tells her to take the leave that we give you because we give you four months of leave. And you're rich. (laughs) And Brandy says, "Uh, fuck that kid. I'm coming back as soon as they solve my cooch. Seriously, like, why wouldn't, like, I cannot, these people, like, she has, like, no mother, like, I don't get it, Troy. I don't either. Like, how could you not want to take the time and spend time with your child after your child is born? I mean, you look at, um, like, Becky Lynch, right? Like, she had the kid, and she didn't immediately come back. No. She, um, when does she have that fucking kid? Um... It's like December. She had the kid in December and she took another six months off before coming back because she just recently came back. Uh-huh. And Brandy's sitting there talking about like a month afterwards, just being like, I'm done. Like, like he, Cody sits there and complains about how like his life was fucked up because his dad was never there. And it's like, then you're just going to do it to this kid where both mm-hmm. parents aren't going to be there. Yep, they're going to get raised by the nanny. I don't get it. Why do you have a kid if you're going to do that? Right, exactly. I don't get it. They're going to be horrible parents. Oh, they for sure are. I just realized something. You probably don't know what they named their kid, do you? No. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know if I want to save it for when the kid arrives on the show or if I want to tell you right now what the kid's name is. No, I want to wait until the baby's born. Okay. All right. We'll 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 get your reaction to it once they actually say let it. Me don't... Be su- yeah, let me be surprised. All right. Don't don't let Jason tell you then. Okay. All right. So far, I I know the baby is baby X is what he's been calling. Yeah. I know it's a her, yep. but, but, you know. Baby X. You're going to love it. Right now. Cody arrives at AEW Fan Fest, and he meets with a bunch of fans. And I feel like they could have cut this section out of this episode of him meeting with all his fans and instead talked about how Eric Bischoff ruined WCW. But I guess we're, you know. They just don't want to mention it. No, priorities. They're totally avoiding the subject. Yeah. 
Brandy arrives for an interview with Busted Open Radio and Dave Ooh, Le- and did LaGreca. she get a little snippy? So, Dave LaGreca says the kid will make her life so much better. And Brandy snaps at him and says, what, you're saying my life sucks right now? Who reacts like that? What kind of asshole? I, right? Takes. Holy shit. Like, no, nobody said your life sucked right now. They just said, as great as your life is, it's going to be even better because you're going to have a child. And it's like. If you're if you're sitting there and you're like you you don't want people to assume that like your life is all about the kid now, then don't have a kid. <laughs> like puff your brakes, sister. Thanks. And I like how he said like wait until you have your child, you'll see what I'm talking about. Yeah, he didn't back down from it, which was good. He yeah. was you know because he he could have really been like you fucking an idiot what what's wrong like i know she's fucking an idiot but like <laughs> like what are you talking about like nobody said that dude relax like she has such a fucking chip on her shoulder and i don't get it i don't either <sighs> like even when the, even when they you know she was supposed to be going out for like her maternity leave or whatever and they gave her the cake and she's like it's like they're pushing me out the door like they think i'm not coming back she like had an attitude about that yeah yeah like and all they were doing was like wishing her well for having the baby right and i you know i guess this kind of goes back to to her vagina joke too where it's like she said it but there's no humor behind it like there's never an emotion of like happiness or humor behind anything she does or says there always just seems to be like general anger behind a lot of things that she says or like contempt. It seems like she just has like contempt for anybody that's around her. It's it's really fucked. Dr. Sampson checks out Cody and he says Cody has four herniated discs in his back. And the doctor says Cody's hips are pretty fucked. Hmm. If only there was some event that was coming up that you could say, mm, take a couple months off to heal up while you're doing something. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you, you're always going to work hurt, but you should never work injured. Motherfucker, you're injured. <laughs> Working hurt is like, I've got some bruises, you know, or, you know, uh, I've got maybe, you know, some like, some strains or something like that. Like four herniated discs in your back is not working hurt. Like motherfucker, you're not going to be able to lift up your kid. People are dumb. Yeah, they are. These two, especially Uh, Brandy grabs Dustin to talk. She proceeds to say goodbye to Dustin, even though she will probably see him in a day or two. Like, I I wouldn't think that those two would be like chit chatting it up. No, they definitely don't seem like the, like the type, but yeah. They seemed like they were close. I guess. I, I guess. I don't know. Nothing seems natural with Brandy, so it's it's kind of hard to gauge like if she has general emotion for anybody. But it did, she did talk like she likes Dustin. Like she almost looked <clears throat> like she was going to tear up. Yeah. But she didn't. Yeah. But also, like, you went up to him to say goodbye, and I thought that your whole thing was like, this is not goodbye. Right. 
Dustin says that uh, when she gets back, uh, he wants her to bring the baby so that he can hold her while Brandy teaches the students what not to do. Which is... Pretty much anything that Brandy does in a wrestling ring is what not to do. You see, this is this is the way that I do this move here. Don't do that because people will laugh at you because it's not the right way to do things. Sandra Gray, the not the one of the chicks from Grey's Anatomy, but a former WWE seamstress, presents Cody with his over-the-top costume. And I say costume because this is not a wrestling attire. This is a full-on fucking costume. So I have to tell you something. Yes. I totally recognize Sandra the seamstress. Did you? <laughs> I, you know, and and I'm kind of embarrassed that I know this, that she actually was a seamstress for New Kids on the Block, like back in the day. Really? And I only it's is I only know this because I was like a super fan when I in my younger day, and I remember seeing her on a video and they were like talking to her. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so that's all, that's all I wanted to put in there. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's it. Go ahead. Sandra in his, in his outfit. Yeah. So this, this is now a recurring thing with Cody that all of his like pay-per-view matches or, or big matches that he does, he has to dress up. Essentially like Homelander from The Boys, but he's like this big, like, he's a walking Uncle Sam caricature because he is the all the the American nightmare. And he's like, uh, he thinks that people are like still respect like a big, like flag waving pro USA idiot. But it's like, you just look like a Trump supporter and you look like an idiot. Cody makes the cameras leave so he can get ready for his match, but he keeps the door open so they watch him get ready for his match. So much for privacy. Yeah. Anthony Gogo makes his entrance, and Brandy complains about Cody facing a guy who's only worked three matches. I mean, that's his choice, and that's AEW's choice to continue to put people who are not ready to be in wrestling matches in wrestling matches. Right. And being as he is an EVP, he's part of that choice. Go home, bitch. Yeah. Uh, Cody arrives and we get the match and shots of Brandy looking worried. Uh, Cody, of course, wins and everyone is paid to congratulate him. After the match. I'm shaking my head because, (laughs) you know, he, like, hyped this match up so much. Mm -hmm. And. Like, I, I obviously didn't know what happened. Right. Right, because I didn't, like, watch it, watch it. So this was, like, the first time that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just just through the show, I had seen him, like, hype this matchup just from these episodes. And I was expecting him to kind of, like, put this guy over because he was talking so highly of him. Mm-hmm. And then, then he put himself over, and I'm like, oh well, yep. Of course he did, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of disappointed. But yeah. but I can't say that I wasn't surprised, you know. No, for sure. No, he he's that much of a prick, and we and we discussed it 
way back, you know, five months ago on the show too, about how they had a chance to push this guy and, and make him kind of a big deal by beating Cody Rhodes and getting that rub. And instead it was just like, he got beat. Then he had a tag match a month later and he hasn't been in any matches since then. Yeah. It shows exactly how much they think of that guy. After the match, Cody and Brady talk in the locker room and Cody complains about his back. And then he walks off as being the episode. It's ratings time. So. How did we do? Well, let me tell you. uh, These were two 30-minute episodes of Roads to the Top, which followed Dynamite. Dynamite had... 1.059 1.059 million people watching it. It's less than last week, right? Yes, it is. Which is the, their trend at this point. So, Roads to the Top, episode three. Let me get your your pick on how many people watched episode three. I'm going to say... Like 103 million. Okay. It was 443,000. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Uh, which. And we're the only assholes that watched it. <laughs> yeah. So last week, if you remember, um, because they had the, the two episodes, um, Oh, they, it was after the pay-per-view, right? It was it was still after Dynamite, but it was after a, a bigger Dynamite. Um, hold on a second. Uh, uh, people are being stupid, so give me a second. That's a big drop, though. Um, it is. So, Roads to the Top, episode one, was... 422,000. So they actually got a, a little bit of, of a bump in, in episode three, at least from their first episode. Um, so they didn't, they counted it as like one full thing last week, um, which so that was kind of annoying. But we have a separate one now. So 443 people watched episode three, a, a slight increase over episode one and two, essentially. How many people? Watched episode four. Two hundred and fifty thousand. You are so close. Two hundred ninety-five thousand. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. From episode three to episode four, they lost a fourth of their viewers. Well, that's because it's on at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, so maybe stop blowing through you know, episodes like us that. Old people <laughs> go to bed early, like Jason says. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you would hope with that that maybe they'd be like, we should probably stop putting two episodes on at once because that's yeah. not good. Uh, yeah, that's not great. No. So I we'll see. It's going to be canceled real quick. Yeah. I don't foresee a season two happening. 
I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna say it's. It, look, TNT loves Cody Rhodes, but with those numbers, they're gonna have a really hard time keeping advertisers around. We need to start looking for something else to do. Yeah. I'm not very hopeful. We'll, we'll figure it out. We, we may need to start, like, doing wine reviews or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for the fact that every time, every every one of those will just be, like, me going, it was wine. It, it was fine. <laughs> Like, every wrestler has a wine or a beer out now, so, I mean, yeah. it could work. It's true. So. Or All I right. can just join in on Tuesday nights. There you go. Yeah, join in, join in with us. We're uh, we're, we're a party. Yeah, one big happy family. Anything else to say about uh, Roads to the Top this week? My favorite show. Uh, Everyone should much. watch it. There you go. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us. So why don't you go ahead and take us on home. Join us next week to find out what's up with these cuts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host, Adam, on twitch.tv slash The Salser Effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.